Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, how you doing? How's your night going? Pretty good. Um, just uh, been home all day watching the boy. So now I'm just hanging out with you guys on the internet. <laughs> the interesting world we live in, man. <laughs> From the Mets to this. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, my friend's doing a radio show. So I was like listening to that and just checking the Mets game and then just hanging out waiting for you guys. <laughs> oh, sweet, dude. Oh, yeah. What uh what kind of radio does he do? Uh he does a radio show in town on like a local station, but the show tonight is like uh it's like a UK based radio station that is doing like uh it's a reggae show and sweet. uh they have it's called roots locker and there's like a uk one where they highlight like reggae selectors in the uk but then they started doing this one called roots locker west which is like the americas like north america central america south america so he's doing the roots locker west show tonight which is like every tuesday at 7 p.m oh sweet so, you yeah play it yeah i've done it a couple times that's sweet yeah, it's uh, it's always a good time. There's like a Facebook chat that goes along with it, so everybody's just like talking about music and stuff. Yeah, it's a cool sweet. community. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool little uh, community of music nerds. Yeah. How long have you been DJing? Um, I started DJing like 2016, 2017, something like that. But I've I like I've been collecting records since I was like. 14 or 15 because like i started going to shows and stuff when i was like 13 just like all the time dude like that was like before like scootering was like the major like thing that i did in my life like before anybody was really like famous like i would just go to shows all the time and like i was super involved in the music scene back home so it's just oh, yeah, like, man. yeah, music's always just been like a major force in my life. That's dude, awesome. Do you ever listen to Jungle? I feel like if you yeah, like dude, reggae. Jungle's fucking <laughs> yeah. sick, dude. Bro. I don't really know. I don't know a lot about Jungle. Like I haven't done too much research about it, but I love yeah. it. It's like, it's so cool and like spastic and just like totally unhinged drum and bass. It's sick, yeah. dude. Yeah, and a lot of it. A lot of like the samples and shit come from reggae that they used. So yeah, yeah jungle yeah. jungle wicked, has wicked. my approval. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. It's massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah, just caught. Sick. We had just went to a revolution and the expandables last week. Honestly, oh nice, it's a pretty sweet show. Yeah, I always like meeting other people in the scooter community that like reggae music because I feel like. And ska music, because, like, I was a huge ska nerd when I was younger. Like, I just went to, like, third wave ska shows all the time. And then, like, as I got older, I sort of, like, gradually shifted to more, like, reggae stuff. But not really, like, not really, like, roots reggae stuff. Like, all the foundation stuff. Like, I still love ska and, like, rocksteady and, like, early reggae. I'm not really into, like, Cali roots stuff. Yeah. And like like those they're those bands are okay. They're just like not really my thing. But yeah, I I always appreciate meeting other scooter riders that are into reggae music. Hell so yeah. What's ska? I don't even what's the difference? So, <laughs> ska was uh so in the it's like a form of Caribbean music that sort of 
came about when Jamaica gained independence from Britain in 1962. A lot of like, uh, there was only like one radio station in Jamaica in like the fifties. And like, they would just play like, uh, like jazz and like pop music and stuff of the time. But a lot of people started like importing R&B, like early R&B records and like blues records and stuff from America, from like Louisiana and shit. So, uh, oh, so it like affected a, their style, I'm assuming. Like, wow, yeah, they're, so they're splitting Scott off. Scott was kind of born out of like a combination of like jazz and mento and calypso, which were mento is like uh, strictly Jamaican style of music that predates Scott. And it kind of sounds like Calypso, but it's a little more stripped down. So, like, uh, people started, like, local producers started, like, recording Calypso artists and stuff in Jamaica. And that was, like, the late 50s, I think. And uh, then Ska sort of was born out of, like, the love for, like, American R&B and, like, boogie-woogie blues shuffle combined with, like, Mento and Calypso. And then Jamaica gained independence from Britain in 1962 and Ska sort of like solidified and like formulated as like the, the sound of Jamaican independence. And uh, yeah, so it's... fucking sweet. So <laughs> like, dude, so you're saying that they had like one radio station to listen to and yeah, they, but... they just got directly influenced by like these, this little like selective group of music that got imported in this one station and that yeah because I don't know, that's crazy lot, so before <laughs> before fm wild. radio like uh there was like broad broadband radio like long range and short range and like ham radio and stuff mm-hmm. which yeah. is like it's it's complicated but like the jamaica is not that far from like the south of north america like louisiana florida and shit like that so like a lot of like the radio, like the <clears throat> the people who lived on like the north side of Jamaica could get radio waves from Louisiana and like everything on like the northern coast oh, of the Caribbean Sea. That's so So they would hear awesome. all these like American R&B records yeah. like Fats Domino and uh, like all that kind of shit. And then I'm like, happy it was from the swamp too. Like at all yeah, places, yeah. Louisiana is what we yeah. were able to get through. <laughs> All the like boogie woogie Delta blues stuff like made its way over the sea to Jamaica. And like, so like sound system was born in Jamaica. Like they used to just build massive speakers and amplifiers and play these records that they would get from America for like the whole town to hear it. Like you could hear these sound systems from like miles and miles away. (laughs) So like, because of that, like, these people that ran the sound systems started recording musicians like local musicians in Jamaica. And that's kind of how like the Jamaican recording industry was born. And like, so that's how ska kind of formed. Like Jamaica wanted its own sound, its own identity in music. So these producers like Cox and Dodd and Duke Creed and uh, Justin Yap, uh, Herman Chin, like they, they started producing Jamaican musicians and it sort of like solidified into the sound of ska. Yeah. That's fucking and sick. That, yeah, I've that, never heard of any of this either. So it's like, I'm intrigued <laughs> to do my research now that I know 
I don't know. So, yeah. It's like the birth of their independence and they're just blaring yeah. stereo systems that they're oh, yeah. picking yeah. up frequencies yeah. from Louisiana. It's, it's fucking yeah. awesome, man. But yeah, ska predates reggae. So ska, okay. it was okay. ska and then rock steady, which is like slower, more like soulful sounds, like more like Motown influenced. And then reggae came after rock steady. So that's how reggae was born. A little history <laughs> lesson for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scooter Riders go tap into some ska. Yeah, man. I'm going to music. for sure. 26. Episode 26. Hep Greg. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for having me on. So happy to have yeah. you. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming for sure. Um, we definitely. I got some stuff I'm excited to like ask you about and talk to you about. Like, just get some details, honestly. Yeah, for sure. It'd be sweet, but we could just definitely start off with just um. Like how you got into scootering. I know you kind of like, did you skateboard before you scootered a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I, skate- I was on a skateboard like pretty much my whole life, like even before I could walk. Cause I have like, uh, I have sort of like a, a God family, like extended family, but not like by blood. And okay. Yeah. The, uh, so my godmother and godfather have four sons and their youngest son is 10 years older than me. So like when wow. I was four, he was 14. And this was yeah. like, and I was four in 1993. So that was like when street skateboarding was like hitting hard. Yeah. So like he, he, he skateboarded and shit. So like before I could really even walk, like I was like sitting on my knees on a skateboard and like pushing with my hands, you know, just like around their driveway and shit. And then uh, I just like, I always skateboarded after that. Like ever since I could stand, I was riding a skateboard and uh, I still skateboard. Like it's just, it's just, it's always going to be a thing in my life, like for transportation, for fun, for whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I skateboarded, I have skateboarded my whole life and like scootering came around in 2000, 2001. And I was in, let's see, I was in seventh grade in 2001. If I remember correctly. Oh yeah. I started in seventh grade too. I'm not, I'm not a true OG, but we're both seventh grade brethren. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Middle school. baby. uh, (laughs) I went, I went to this like sleepaway camp when I was younger and uh, in the summer of 2000, somebody had a razor there and there was like this big red barn where they kept like bikes and like various sports equipment and shit at the camp. And there was a scooter there one day and I saw it and I I just, I had the mind of a skateboarder, you know? So I saw it and I was like, I bet I could do tricks on this fucking thing. Yeah. So I did I did like a feeble grind on like a square log or something. And I was like, <laughs> dude, when, when I get home, I fucking need one of these. <laughs> and uh, I got home at the end of that summer. And like that was like the razor craze, like sharper image was selling razors. Everybody was selling razors. Everybody had them. So mm-hmm. my parents had bought me and my sister razors at the end of that summer when I got home from camp. And I was just like, all right, it's fucking goat time. This thing's sick. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to do whatever on this. But it was like, at that point, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to learn how to do a tail whip. I'm going to learn how to do a bar spin. It was just like, this is a thing. No, I don't know if anybody 
like does, does tricks yeah. on these you know it wasn't like there was no reference you know for yeah. like learning tricks like my only references were skateboarding and bmx and rollerblading yeah so it was kind yeah. of just like how do i translate the things that i already know how to do on those things to this new wheeled device and yeah, that's yeah. that's like the start of my scootering story. Dude, you know, how like long did it take you to tail whip? Three years. Woo! That's yeah. so Man, cool, honestly. I mean, you're not, that's fucking awesome. But yeah, you're not watching anybody else do it. So it's not yeah, like exactly. you know it's possible. Yeah. yeah, there was nobody to be yeah. like, oh, you got to use your wrists a little more. Or like, you got to kick it a little harder. Or you got to do this. Yeah. You got to do that. Like, there was no one... You gotta, it was like, all my brain. Yeah. It was just my stupid 10 year old kid <laughs> brain. Like, how do I do this? I got to figure it out. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's so cool. I think that's the vast difference between riding nowadays versus back then was all the inspiration did come from other action sports versus now all these younger fools are mainly only getting inspiration from scooter riders. Yeah, exactly. It's like back then you like now you can get on a scooter and like spend a month on the Internet and then go out and learn how to do a full whip, you know, but like back then, (laughs) yeah, nobody even like could conceive any of the shit that's happening now. And it was like that for a long time in scootering, like even till like 2000 six seven eight like some of the like we would just stand around like waiting for the subway and shit like doing all this crazy like flippy whippy do <laughs> shit and be like wouldn't it be crazy if somebody could actually do this one day no nah, <laughs> nobody's ever gonna do that man nobody's ever gonna do that and now like every day you just see the craziest fucking shit being thrown yeah. down like in the street in the park whatever like it's all absolutely like next level shit happening now it's insane yeah dude it really did fucking explode like oh that's so dope though being the like beginning and then knowing that whoever you like your era and the people that started that it's like you had to go slow so all these motherfuckers could fly and like now they i don't know they've unlocked that they know what they can do like i used to be like the like one of the dudes that people looked at and been like damn this dude's sick but now it's like there's fucking 10 year old kids who are way better than i could have ever (laughs) hoped to be you know yeah it's like yeah it's just fucking crazy but it all comes down to like the 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 places that i drew influence and inspiration from as opposed to like where these kids are looking you know and like the the just the vast amount of media and like material that they can draw inspiration from now is like exponentially greater than anything that we had growing up trying to like pave the way for these kids now it's fucking insane yeah man how does it feel watching it from the back end being that like you don't get to grow up in that sense like you just watched it happen i mean it's still cool man like i i love it like i still watch like everything in scootering like i watch all the like fees highlights i watch all the trend kill stuff i watch Mm -hmm. all the stuff on olay like i love all of it man it's just crazy it's crazy to like just see how far everything has progressed from like where we all started from you know 
yeah. It's like I got I got love for all of it. Like I'll criticize people's videos and stuff, but I still appreciate all of like the tricks and everything that people are doing to keep pushing the sports, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. Same. Yeah. Quote unquote. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely go and film a video even if it gets criticized. 100%. Yeah, dude, fuck it. Fuck 100%. what everybody thinks, dude. Just like do it for yourself. Like it doesn't fucking yeah. matter if people think you're cool or not if you enjoy doing it fucking do it man posting ghost (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much i mean not even like post and if people talk shit just talk shit back fuck them (laughs) it's it's your video it's it's your ideas it's your it's your manifestation of what you want to do with a scooter so just do it put it put it out in the world yeah and if it hurts it's probably true Art doesn't have to be good or bad. It just has to make you feel something. Fuck yeah. True. That's real. real. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Watching GoPro footage turns me into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but a parlay I mean, there or what? Back. I mean, if you're if you're wearing a GoPro going 50 down a hill, I'll fucking watch that shit. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How fast um, is Andrew going? Dude, Andrew goes too fast, man too fast yeah, yeah he's quick how was uh dissidents how was which the uh, most recent one the most oh, recent mexico? one yeah in mexico dude mexico that seemed like was... a wild wild experience dude it was it was sick man i mean it was i've been to mexico a couple times but this this was uh this trip was the furthest south that i've been but actually every time i've been to mexico has been with andrew we've gone about three times now but okay. uh yeah it was it was awesome i mean it was it was a little bit tough just because like i didn't have phone service down there mm-hmm. so i couldn't really like run off and go on adventures on my own like i always had to be with like the group so, and like some some of the days i mean we were all like older dudes so like sometimes some days it was harder to like get up and start going you know because we're all like sore and shit yeah and, it's like uh, 140 degrees out there yeah i mean it, it wasn't that hot <laughs> but it drink was, the water it was dry like it was super dry heat so like okay. like if you sit in the if you're like trying to ride midday you got like 10 tries at something before you're just fucking exhausted you know yeah. like it was crazy dude it was so hot like so many people down there got like heat stroke and shit and like people don't a lot of people were talking shit about that contest and like the videos and stuff but it's like you got to take into account like the environmental factors like a lot of these people like he's coming from france and shit like it does not get that fucking hot in most of france like maybe in the south of france in the summer but not anywhere else in France. No, so it's yeah, like as, probably nowhere close, even in the yeah. hot spot. I mean, the the closest equivalent would probably be like Australia in the summertime. It gets dumb hot in Australia. But like even like Jersey and shit, people from Australia were having a hard time filming shit in Mexico because it was just so fucking hot, dude. Who do you know that got a heat stroke? Was a lot of people specific? Do. Caden Bully definitely got heat stroke. Oh I yeah, think he, I think I he did, got yeah. food poisoning too, and like I, I just know a bunch. Like I almost got heat stroke a bunch of times. Because you ever throw just, up? It, 
yeah man of course yeah. Yeah. like it's just what happens like Definitely. the andrew took me helmery and uh i forget who else was there one other person to ensenada in mexico like a couple oh, yeah. years ago i think it was like 2017 and uh i got heat struck when Damn. we were there and like dude i was so sick for like a while because we rode this like abandoned water park type thing like in the middle of fucking nowhere dude, dude. and uh i got like terrible terrible heat stroke and i was just throwing up for like hours and hours and like just chugging fucking water yeah and like i yeah it took me out for like a couple of hours Damn. so like after that experience going back for coalition i was like i need to drink water all day constantly and and wear a hat and stay in the shade when i'm not trying to ride and like pick the time of day that i'm gonna try and do something you know it's like these are the kinds of things you gotta think yeah, about have and, a pedialyte on you yeah like <laughs> fucking electrolyt or whatever that shit's mm -hmm. called oh yeah but, yeah the the spanish one that's just out of the gas station right up from us yeah um, it helps a lot but yeah you gotta like you gotta think about all that shit when you're trying to ride in places like that because like you'll get fucking sick and you'll get fucked up dude and you'll just be stuck in bed and like most of us got fucking covid like midweek down there so it was just like it was crazy oh, dude. Shit. it was Jesus. crazy i almost i almost had to stay in mexico for another fucking 10 days because i got covid and when i went to fly home they were like you have covid you can't get on an international flight and i was like what the fuck dude like i can't just stay in mexico for another 10 days i've already been here 10 days and so i called andrew I was, and he was like dude Fly to Tijuana and cross the border on foot, and I'll pick you up, and then we can get you a flight Holy back to Portland from shit, San Diego. Dude. So that's what I did. I had to fly to Tijuana, cross the border on foot, and I stayed at Andrews after he picked me up, and I flew home the next day with fucking COVID. I'm like an asshole. Got <laughs> <laughs> to get yeah. home, man. Yeah, I had <laughs> to cross the border like, on foot, though. That's wild. Yeah, did you run had, into any roadblocks. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, it's it's pretty chill. Like, yeah. like the the airport kind of has like this, like it's like a pathway through a building, and you just follow this shit. It's probably like a mile and a half long, and yeah, then you just right. you yeah. make your way to like an. It's basically like going through airport security. You just like wait in this line. They check your shit, check your passport, check your ID, and then you just go through across the border. Yeah, okay, that's way more. I was like envisioning you walking <clears throat> through a forest or some shit. I don't know. There's <laughs> no forest down there, yeah. man. It's all desert. <laughs> 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 in my, my head. Yeah, dumb, dumb answer, but that would be straight. I did, I did not have to hop over a wall. I promise you that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would have been sick. Understood. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, man, that that trip was crazy super yeah, crazy it sounds definitely wild start to finish yeah yo uh i know we wanted to really we really wanted to talk about tsi and just your experience with them over the years and you know for how long oh, yeah, were man. you a part of tsi almost since the beginning probably like the second like two and a half years in maybe something like that i think i i went to uh one of the cooter con contests at skate barn if you guys know what skate barn was yeah and uh this was when i was riding for eagle sport i think this was like 2009 
yeah, probably 2009. And, uh, Matt and Casey were there and they had like a little table set up with some flow masters on it. And like, I've known Casey forever. It's just through the internet. He was like one of the first people I knew, uh, in scootering via the internet. He's a fucking goat. Yeah. yeah. So, like, legend. I mean, before like Instagram and shit and like we, we had MySpace and mm-hmm. scooter resource. So yeah. like everybody, everybody that was, connected via scooter resource or like most people at least in the u.s and like australian shit they were also connected on like myspace did you have so any I mean, of them in your top five on myspace i don't remember man MySpace <laughs> died like fucking 12 yeah. 13 14 years ago something like yep. that but uh fun fact i told dylan Casson about scooter resource via myspace when he <laughs> like found me on myspace he's like do you know where i can like talk to people about scootering i was like yeah scooter resource dude and that was dylan's intro to the scooter community uh so sick but yeah i mean so casey was like one of the first people that i was like really friends with in the community other than like ricky wernicke and like josh Choi and all the razor dudes because uh like when i started riding in my hometown on Long Island, I had one friend, his name was Mike, Mike Lee. And he was like, uh, one of the dudes that like we started Scooby York with and he had a camera. So like he would always film us and shit. And like, he found the NBS forum, nothing but scooters that Ricky Wernicke started like early, probably like 2002, 2003, around that time. Like before Scooter Resource was like the main hub for the community. And uh, so we knew like a lot of the Razor dudes via that forum and like the Philly dudes, like the Philly crew, Brian Boston and Casey Murphy and uh, Mike McGowan, Sean Kane, uh, all those guys. So like mm-hmm. we used to talk to them and like Casey was on Razor or yeah, Casey was on Razor. And uh, so, yeah, he was just, like, one of the dudes. So once he, like, started TSI, uh, I I got flown out by Eagle Sport to that CooterCon contest, and he and Matt were there with a table set up, and they had, like, Flowmasters and shit. And I was, like, riding Casey's scooter, and I was like, dude, I fucking need one of these. you mm-hmm. got to send me one of these. you got to send me one of these. And uh, – Matt knew who I was because he was he was riding my Eagle Sport wheels. And I was like, yeah, man, like, I really like, uh, I really like these scooters. Like, I'd love to have one. And he had my scooters or my wheels on his scooter. And I was like, hey, I like those wheels, man. You like them? And he's like, yeah, they're the best. Like, they're so fast. And I was like, oh, I'm glad you like them. Those are my wheels. And he was like, you're half Greg. What? That's crazy. <laughs> and then, like, that's how, that's how I was introduced to Matt. And then, like, I don't know, a couple months later, once they had like a few batches down of Flowmasters, they sent me one. And I was like, I want to ride this forever. Like, yeah, you got to put did. me on the team. Yeah. yeah. And then they put me on the team. I made like a little 30 second video or something as like yeah. my, in- my intro to TSI part. It's still on my Vimeo page somewhere. But, uh, yeah, that so was like cool. the beginning of me riding for TSI, and then I just never, ever stopped riding for TSI after that. When did you start working in the warehouse? Uh, so I moved 
I I worked there like every time I would come out to Portland, like before I moved here. I moved here in September 2014. But like I would visit at least like once a year from 2010 to 2014. And like I I would always just do like a little bit of work depending on how long I would stay. Like we'd pack boxes or like cut tubes or <laughs> do whatever, you know? And then, uh, I think it was like 2013. I stayed out here with Travis house for like a month or two. We were living in this like shitty old trailer that they had on the property. Cause this was still when it was like at Matt's old house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we would just do, like, whatever needed to be done, you know? Like, same shit, packing boxes, labeling stuff, uh, photo work, video work, just all that kind of shit. Like, yeah. everything that wasn't, like, real hard manufacturing work. And then uh, I left, and Travis stayed probably, like, six months or something out here, just, like, working and living in the trailer. And then, let's see, I think... I I went back to the East Coast and I started working at Woodward, like the West first. No, East. East. Okay. The first or second summer that they had scooters or both. I can't remember. It's been so long. And uh, that's when Jake Hershey was like director, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't that he was the, run the first operation at East? Yeah. That. Okay. So that was the first like full summer that they had scooters. And uh, I was there, yeah. or wait, no, that was the second one. I can't even remember, dude. It's been so long. Yeah, but so the go. first, the first two summers that Woodward East had scooters, they only ran it for like the last two weeks of camp. And then the third summer that they had scooters, they had it for the whole summer, and that was 2014. So I worked at Woodward that summer for almost the whole summer, and sweet. Uh, I was, this, I mean, the pay was still in Egypt. Sorry. Oh yeah, dude. I caught like a <laughs> bunch of tags out there that are still mm-hmm. rocking. And it's crazy. Cause like people will send them to me that I don't even know. They'll just be like, dude, I found your cat at, at Woodward. And I'll be like, hell yeah. I can't believe right. that's still there. Yeah. I fucking, uh, we both worked <laughs> there, but we would have like OSI shifts at Egypt and it was right at where you would post up on the top yeah, um, yeah, by yeah. the little sliding door. But yeah, your cat's still posted on still the, riding. on the rail and still Fuck riding. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's like some other tags like graffiti shit, but I'm not going to tell you what it says. Cause that's just how it goes with graffiti but uh <laughs> uh so i worked at woodward that summer and uh i was like the pay was shit it was like a dollar 80 cents an hour or something so <laughs> but I, I was there for like 10 weeks you know and and uh i was like selling weed to like the staff and shit yeah. and like using Got that to. to get by and i saved all my paychecks from that whole summer which was, which only came out to like eleven hundred bucks or something, and uh, Bro, that's how they fucking to... get you. Like I just want to say I know the struggle. I worked there for like three years and it's still shit. I think they just well, changed it, but it was like four hundred bucks a week, maybe. It, I mean, it <laughs> got it makes sense. Out there. Like they they house you and feed you for free and shit, so it's just like you know, yeah. it does. So no, yeah. I've had the best times there but it's you're, yeah, exactly. you're fucking yeah. scraping by with sheets and just like trail yeah. mix 
You're not going to fucking make I'm a eating. career out of working at Woodward, but you're going to have a fucking great summer. Unless you're a true Real. lost boy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I saved like all my paychecks. I came back to New York and uh, this was after we had left the Philly house, like the summer oh, yeah. after we left. And uh, mm. I had no idea what I was going to do. Like when I came back from Woodward. Cause I was like, damn, Philly's over. Like I'm back in New York. I'm living in Long Island with my parents again. I was, I was probably there for like two, three weeks. And I was like, dude, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like I'm not going to stay stuck in Long Island anymore. So I don't remember exactly what warranted my trip out to Portland that year, but I just bought a one-way ticket and fucking sent it. And I lived on Chetty's couch or for like a month. And then I told Matt, I was like, you got to give me a job, dude. Like, you just got to give me a job. And he was like, all right, fine, I'll give you a job. (laughs) So and then I was just working, living on Chetty's floor on his couch. And then I moved in with Casey because he used to live with his brother uh, in Beaverton. Because this is when the shop was still out in Beaverton, like in the suburbs of Portland. Okay. And so I moved in with Casey out there for like almost a year. And then I met this girl and moved out of Casey's place and then into Portland. And then, I mean, that was, that was my whole start out here. It was just a one-way ticket, my scooter and a backpack. And it just worked out. (laughs) Yeah. It was like one of those, it was like one of those (laughs) times in my life where it was like, if I'm going to do something crazy, I got to do it right now. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have any responsibilities. I don't really have, anything serious going How on old so i'm just gonna send it 2014 10 years ago so i was like 22 ish something gotcha. like that 22 23 yeah, I'm yeah old, that is the perfect you guys time didn't to know. fucking <laughs> risk it but uh yeah how old yeah, are you exactly. now 32 i'm i'll 30. be 34 in november there you go and you're still fucking pushing man jesus yeah man i don't drive sick, yeah. so you don't <laughs> you gotta push. No. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm from New York, dude. I've never had a license. I have a permit. I've had a permit since I was 16, but I never got my license. So just <laughs> skateboard, scooter, bicycle, oh, whatever. Awesome. This yeah, is how I get that's around. Super cool. Yeah. Damn. So you so, gotta stay in a city. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. If I if I lived in fucking the middle of nowhere, I'd be fucked. But I'd horse. probably just like, no, I'd probably get like a Vespa or something and just ride dirty because fuck it, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Fucking pull me over on a horse and buggy. Hell oh, dude. You watch the Amish do it in Pennsylvania. Dude, yeah. This this one time I pushed from uh Woodward to Milheim no on my way. scooter. It was, it was only like it was like six and a half miles or yeah. something like that. And like a push. it's like yeah. hills and valleys, say. you know. Yeah. And yeah. uh so I'm like I got to the top of this one hill and I just fucking bombed this hill. And there's a bunch of Amish working in the field and they just like, I see them with like, like a, a fucking garden hoe or whatever. Just, and they're just like staring at me as I'm riding yeah. down the shoulder of the road. Just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But then like they ride scooters. They, too, that's you know? what I was so just like, about to say is they know yeah. they got yeah, but yeah. like badass wooden scooters. Yeah. Their scooters are sick as fuck. But like, the, like to see like ours, 
scooters, they're just like, what is that, dude? Like, what is Alien this kid technology. doing? Yeah, because yeah, the wheels are like so small compared to what they are. 100%. Ride, you know? They're so riding an archaic like, big wheel. It's those just scooters are the Renaissance. Sick, dude. I they bet are. if you bombed like a serious hill, you could probably hit like 60 on one of those things. <laughs> You oh. might die, but there's wheel hubs on them too, to where they can only put one foot on it. They like have to ride. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The decks are like <laughs> fucking like this big. Dude. Yeah, it's dude. Like, Ten inches crazy. long. <laughs> I remember one time we were at the gas station in Milheim, and like somebody rolled up on one of those, like one of the Amish dudes, and then we were like, "Dude, where do you get those? Like, is there a local guy that like makes them or something, or do you like, like, where do you buy them?" And he like. He explained like the whole story. I can't remember what he said, but it was just like oh, damn. I had to ask that question because it was yeah. just like I've never seen anywhere that you could buy those, you know, yeah. like yeah. The, there's like Schwinn ones that are kind of similar, but they're like more modern. But theirs are like, yeah, they're like archaic, like you said, Dude, yeah. like, they're just so old looking. They're stuck in the past. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. His cousin uh, Esmeralda crafted it for him in the garage exactly. or something. Like, Jebediah. Yeah. Four, <laughs> yeah. Old horseshoes. <laughs> She's my sister and I love her. <laughs> Did you ever, I, I feel like you started machining and stuff for TSI at some point, right? Or like. I started sort of welding, welding or something. Yeah. Yeah. I started welding so probably almost probably like seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that. Cause I when I was living in New York, I uh I went to college in Manhattan for a little while, but for like an art school, but I dropped out because I was just scootering all the time. Like that was I went to college in two thousand seven and that was like right when scootering was like starting to get big for everybody, you know? And like, that was like my whole life. Like I was riding with like John and Elmer and Sanchez and Brian Murphy all the time. So I just like fucked off all my college classes. Cause I was going for like graphic design. I was like, this is fucked dude. Like, I don't want to sit in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Like I like doing this for fun, but I don't want to do it for a job. Yeah. So then yeah. after I dropped out, I moved to Queens Cause I was living in Manhattan going to school and uh, I was, I moved to Queens and I was like working for a little while with like some of my other scooter homies doing like food delivery and shit in Manhattan on scooters, like not on bikes. And uh, yeah. I started going to trade school for a little while. Cause I always wanted to make handlebars. Like that was always like one of my aspirations I, when I was younger. I was like, I want to make handlebars. Like I want to make T-bars. I want to make the, I just wanted to do that for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I went to trade school for a little while, learned how to take weld a little bit. And then I fucking dropped out again because I, I was just a shithead and I just wanted to ride my scooter. <laughs> and then when I came out here, uh, Matt had uh, an older guy named Mike who was probably like late 60s, 70 something doing all the steel welding. And uh, he wanted he wanted to retire. So I, I was like, I mean, I can do a little bit of welding. Like if you want Mike to teach me a little bit more, I can start doing all the steel welding. And he gave me a shot. And uh, yeah, I just I started making like heptrons, like the old heptrons and uh, 
TV, like the original TV bars and shit. And that's just like how I got my start was just with a little bit of experience and learning on the job. And I worked my way up to doing aluminum. And I never wanted to like learn how to machine. We had hand mills and shit that were easy because it wasn't like computerized. So I could do that stuff like in the beginning because it was just like you would do like one process at a time. So like if you were going to drill the axle holes, that's the only thing you would be doing. Like once it was set up, you just put the part in, drill the hole, take it out, put the part in, drill the hole, take it out. And it was just over and over and over again. So it wasn't really like you needed training to do that stuff. Mindless work. And like the old CNC machines were fucking dinosaurs, dude. Like the screen was just like looking at an Atari, you know, it was like, (laughs) There was no way to like test your programs and like make sure it worked before you ran it. And like when we had that machine, I was like, I'm not touching that thing with a fucking 10 foot pole, dude. Like I'm going to take my fucking hand off. I'm going to break something like I don't want any part of that. And then when we got the newer CNC machine, like nobody knew how to use it. Like Keaton didn't know how to use it. Matt didn't know how to use it. And I was like, all right, I can probably figure this out since it's just a computer. So I, we spent like probably three months just reading the fucking books and learning Holy how to use shit. it. And uh, yeah. then Keaton left for San Francisco after, I don't even remember when this was. This was like two years ago or a year and a half, something like that. Nah, a little more than that, probably two years ago. And uh he left for San Francisco and he was the one who was like running the CNC for a while. Like he ran the old one too for a bit. Cause Matt kind of taught him how to use it. Cause I didn't want to learn how to do it. He came back from San Francisco and while he was gone, like I had to learn how to use the new machine. Mm-hmm. So I just, I mean, I just stepped up and I was like, I mean, if I don't do this, nobody's going to fucking do it, you know? So I just learned how yeah. to do it. And I started learning how to write programs and like, dude, yeah, I learned that machine like pretty well, like up until the end, like there was a point where the, there was like a battery inside of it that kept the memory alive and that battery died. So all of our programs and everything got wiped. Oh, so you had to rewrite every single piece of code. I had to learn how to reinitialize the whole machine and like reinstall the programming on it and all this shit, dude. I basically had to learn how to set up the machine to like even know that it was a machine. So I learned how to do that shit. And like I learned, I took all of our programs and cut like minutes out of each program. And I got everything down to like, 30 second programs just streamlined everything dude and i'm like that's where i was at like when matt decided to call it quits and i was just like fuck dude like i was just getting the hang of this shit dude, and then they like, sold yeah. that machine right yeah the machine's gone the last time i was at matt's house it was that's your baby anymore. at that point you just put yeah, so man. much work that's your girl like you just I yeah feel like I spent... losing something like that yeah oh, dude it sucked man but you know, yeah. what are you gonna do? That's yeah. just how it goes. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Right now I'm just kind of like taking care of my son and my partner's working. And uh 
just trying to make a little bit of money here and there doing like DJ stuff. And I've just been like selling a bunch of old scooter parts just to like make up for not having an income. But I'm running as Donald parts. bought off of you quite a few. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> paid me like a couple grand for yeah. a whole bunch of scooter parts. That yeah, is yeah. cool though. I owe him a yeah. beer. If, if you're watching Donald, I haven't forgot that I owe you a beer. <laughs> if we ever meet, so, <laughs> Dr. Cheers, Pepper, Donald. probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, he loves nah, the I'm Dr. Buy that. Peppers. I'm going to buy that man a fucking pint because he deserves it. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, I know he tried team. to get TSI back up. Yeah, right? we were talking about it, but it, it never really like materialized into anything. Yeah. yeah. But I I admire him for having the the love and the drive to even offer something yeah. like that. Yeah, I saw so, Zach Martin make a comment. He was saying TSI X TDI. I've been trying to get Andrew to do that for a long ass fucking time, but he's always like really picky about TDI stuff. And like, yeah, his he he always said like he wanted to like get TDI to like a second version before he started working with other companies to like use the technology. But I mean, he seems like he's in a good place now to really get everything settled in for that because he got his whole machine shop up and running and stuff. I mean, the yeah. past like year or so, he's just been working on the machines and getting him to work yeah. to do what he wants him to do. So I think he's finally at a point where he can start making stuff and like really get get the ball rolling, you know. It's going to be sick for sure. I've been keeping updated from him, just talking to him like couple every couple of weeks or so, uh, just asking about the progress on like the 6.5 and other stuff. And uh, it seems like he finally just got the new uh, like machine to get the six sixes rolling. He was trying to produce a bunch of like six twenty two fives, So now he's going to start pumping out like the 6.5s and 7s. And then I think he wants to like – revamp another proto fork and do a bunch of like metal barns and shit so yeah he's be been cool. talking about he's been talking about doing a new fork for a while i hope he does i mean he's always made really good forks i used to ride a striker yeah. fork like exclusively for a real long time when they were around i wish i still had one honestly i but, still um, have one <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i'm not riding it but i have one that's a relic man you you think you'd ever let go of that one yeah I mean, I've been thinking about it just because I need some money, but I don't really want to. Yeah, it's a keeper. But yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably end up keeping it. Yeah. Because that was just like, that was one of the parts that was like, this is this is one of my favorite scooter parts ever. So I'd like to yeah. keep one of them. But I mean, I don't, I'm not riding 24 millimeter wheels anymore. So it's kind of like, I don't really know what I'm going to do yeah. with it. Other than gang. just like look at it. Yeah. How yeah. are those 30s? The river. the river the river ones are nice dude like they're super smooth super fast they're a little bit heavy but i mean that's just what yeah. happens when you add more urethane and more metal yeah i mean if I, if I had my way i would probably ride like 28 wide by 117 diameter with like <laughs> 20 24 millimeter hub just to get all the extra metal out of the core and just keep the weight down a little bit. Cause I'm not like a fucking like my legs are strong, but my upper body's not very strong. So having a heavy scooter has always been 
rough and like I'm older now so like my body is starting to fall apart so like if I ride a heavy scooter for like a whole day like I'm sore as fuck at the end of the day so I like I've always kind of liked keeping a lighter scooter so yeah feel that makes sense I do love the 30s though I'll never convert when's the last time you've done an overhead an overhead what the fuck is that like a bri flip oh uh I mean, I could do, I could still do like 180 dry flips on quarters and stuff on the regular. Like, I can't do Locked. like front, fr- I can't do front rise anymore yeah. or like sc- scooter flips or anything. When does it start getting real hard? Like, what age? Are you like, oh fuck, I don't even want to go out of my way to try this. I mean, I, it just depends like how you take care of your body. You know, it's Fair. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm pretty skinny. Like I'm five nine and I weigh like about 140 pounds. So I'm pretty nimble and I don't <laughs> drive. So like I have to use my own body to get everywhere that I need to go. So I'm still in pretty good shape. Like my knees are kind of fucked up. Sure, you're pushing. You definitely up. got yeah. good legs if you're pushing everywhere and biking. Yeah. And biking and like skateboarding and shit always. Yeah. So and like like I said, like I've never had a license. So like I've just been doing that my whole life. So it's just it's it's not that hard for me. I'm sure it'll get harder in the coming years as I get yeah. older. But I think you'll ever have to get a license? I mean I'd like to just to be able to go on like road trips and shit, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like 55, really... 60, still pushing her out of the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, I really just want to get a license so I can get a moto endorsement and get a Vespa. Like, okay. That's just, that's my goal for having a license. Like, I don't care if I really ever have a car, he especially like Vespa. if I'm living in the, if I'm living in the city, like public transportation is fine. Like, I take the train, I take the bus, and it's, it's whatever my carbon footprint is pretty small yeah just good damn near zero yeah almost (laughs) i mean i smoke a lot of cigarettes and throw my cigarette butt so i'm definitely i got like a a pinky footprint pinky foot yeah yeah that's fair it's better than most you got any solar panels i live in an apartment (laughs) building so no i don't have any (laughs) solar panels Throw it on the the yeah. e scooter you get. You uh, got any roof damage? You got any <laughs> hail storms recently? Uh, it does hail out here, but it hasn't recently. Oh, Usually, yeah. like let us know when it when it's turning <laughs> from like uh, like winter, like into early spring. We get crazy hail storms out here. It's wild. Like Damn, golf. Dude. Sometimes yeah, we, like golf ball sized hail. We started that. getting into roofing, so that'll be a perfect excuse to just travel and scooter like yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go work out here (laughs) for sure hail comes out here apparently (laughs) yeah just just push out here with your with all your tools and shit yeah but yeah we'll scooter with the ladder we'll just awesome you can we can split this ladder across the two of our our scooters and push yeah push 700 miles just get the get the jetpack with the backpack the extendable ladder so oh, hell yeah i got one of those they fucking rule dude damn i need a, I've been looking wait, into it. wait you got a fucking jetpack hold on now what yeah, we... the, no like the the extendable ladders the collapsible ladders oh yeah okay yeah yeah 
got one we of call them. that we call that a jetpack you know that's in the, uh, in the graffiti world i'm gonna start stealing <laughs> that lingo dude when i'm bringing my ladder around that's what's up i'd much rather pull out the jetpack i got that exotic <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, funny so dude uh how many records do you own uh i probably have i don't know a lot probably in between like 700 and a thousand probably something like that maybe more at this point i'm not really sure that's fine. But I probably, I probably have like 700 like seven inch single records and then I have probably 200 albums, something like that. You got like a top three. Is there any that hold a real special place? Albums or just I guess singles? Just anything, maybe singles, records. First thing that comes to your mind. Albums, definitely. I could probably give you a top three. Um, Everything Goes Numb by Streetlight Manifesto. Is definitely up there on my list. Um, Wasted Days by the Slackers is another really good one. And let's, I'm going to try to think of one that's not a ska record. Uh, Gentleman by Fela Kuti, which is an African record. That's super fucking good. Fuck yeah. All right. I just added everything, guys. And I'm, I'll learn. <laughs> yeah some ska one dude who i clean a pool for honestly he's always smoking a cigar bumping some old reggae like in his backyard and he he put me onto a few artists and i honestly never wrote him down so i forgot him but Ooh. he's he's always on some really crazy shit and he's like he's i don't fuck with anything past like 1968 or something it sounds like my like, kind of guy yeah yeah, he's super cool as a person for sure. I always talk to him, but I've been waiting to see him. He just travels a lot. And one mm-hmm. day I'll let you know who he was mentioning that I'll see. Yeah, see I'm I'm probably saying. sure I know most of them. I mean, if you if you listen reference. to like if you listen to like late 60s stuff, that's like what I listen to as well. Like 60 60 to like 73, 74 is like my favorite chunk of jamaican music hell yeah i'm uneducated in that area but just delete your fucking spotify dude and you'll learn a lot more about music so i don't neither of us have oh, a spotify yeah. actually yeah. all right you you guys are okay you gotta delete the apple music and soundcloud <laughs> <laughs> well i mean soundcloud's cool because like a lot of like indie artists use it and shit so. oh yeah it's it's yeah. underground that's where you find yeah. the, the real, real underground trash music i don't know there's another there's <laughs> another app the internet there's another app that a lot of like djs and radio hosts use called Mixcloud, which is like they just upload like radio show archives and like very like specific mixes of like vinyl records and stuff like you can find a lot of like two-hour mixes of like jamaican music or like latin american music african music like anything you could look for and it's more like hand curated stuff, so it's not just like an algorithm feeding you yeah. whatever the fuck is you Random know licensed music. for them to yeah. use. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. this is where we gotta tap in our roommate That's Josh. Super underground. Honestly. Josh is right over here. I've been wishing he could come over and like, dude, in like put that would nerd out so hard. Knowledge, yeah. Oh yeah, he's in the same. He's a fucking. <laughs> he's definitely. He's got his Rastafarian lifestyle locked down. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was into some African music too. Yeah, some Zulu. Oh yeah, Lady I, Black Mombazo. <laughs> African music is crazy, man. Because like, I mean, anything that you could think of, like Western music, it all stems back to like 16th century european standards of writing music like anything that comes from america or europe or anything that like any of those like empires you know like the british mm -hmm. empire the roman empire like anything that comes from classical music it was all written with the same rules and structure as what was formed in like 16th century europe but african music uses completely different structure like harmonies note progressions and everything so it's like if you started getting into african music it'll sound super weird to you because you've been conditioned to yeah, hear you have all music. these rules in your mind yeah. already you don't, you don't even know that those rules are there until you start hearing music that's written outside of those rules and african music does not follow any of those rules so it's like when I, when I started discovering like african artists that like i was just like this is so fucking strange man it sounds so weird but i like it and it's probably a you, sound that hooks you too it's like you start yeah. off anything i feel like i don't like that i listen to enough i'll like reach that hill where i become obsessed with it and it's always yeah, the shit yeah. that i didn't like the first time i hear like the first time yeah. i heard it Fela Kuti is a good starting point for African music because Fela it's Kuti. very like, yeah, Fela uh, Ani Capaludo Ransom Kuti is his full name, but it's F-E-L-A-K-U-T-I, Fela Kuti. And uh, right. his he is the, the father of Afrobeat, which is like very funk driven, very rhythmic. Uh, like full horn sections, rhythm section. It's very... It sounds very Western funky, but mm -hmm. it's still like his songs are like 25 minutes long, you know, and like it's just like you get into this like rhythmic trance listening to it. And it's like, dude, the first time I ever heard Fella, I was like hooked immediately. I was like, dude, this is so fucking good. I mean, he's from Nigeria, which is on the Western coast of Africa. And you start like going further back, further back because he was he played music in like the 70s and the 80s and like mid 60s and stuff and forward from there and uh but you start getting into like more like rural areas of africa and the music just gets so so far outside of anything you've ever heard it's like it's wild man it's hard to even comprehend some of it but it's 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 amazing i mean africa is like one of the biggest continents in the world it holds like 12 million people 12 yeah. billion people or something like that. I don't even know. We all started there too. Probably yeah, taps I mean, back into your primal urges. I don't know. Yeah. That's where all, that's where all yeah. life comes from. And like yeah. all music started in Africa because that's where people come from. But then, yeah. I mean, it changed once Europe was civilized, I guess. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, African <laughs> music is cool. Yeah, I'm going to start oh, listening yeah. to it. I like, I like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. way you explain the... It's like flow state music, I feel like, those long songs. At least that's how I feel listening to Jungle, like long, yeah, drawn-out yeah. Jungle mixes. I feel yeah. like I get into a little flow state. I almost, you like, 
you become mindless and whatever you're doing, but it feels, it feels right. It feels effortless. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. jungle awesome. comes from ju- jungle stems back to Jamaican music, which stems back to older Caribbean yeah. music, which stems back to music from Africa because slaves were transported from Africa to the Caribbean and resettled in the Caribbean. And I mean, a lot of Caribbean music, even like Cuban music has deep African roots. Like, it, it all comes from Africa, like all music from the Caribbean and like parts of Latin America and stuff. It all comes from Africa. Okay. I'm fully intrigued, man. It's yeah. on my Apple music yeah. now. At least everything goes, <laughs> everything goes numbs on there. And then I liked a, uh, a fella Kuti track. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> check out fella. Um, fella Kuti's sick. Well, dude, I would love to get into uh we got a little segment on here called Phil's top five. It's actually turned into like 10 questions, so it should probably be Phil's top 10 now. All right. <laughs> but shout I'll out Phil, first off. And then uh, number Let's one see. is uh, who do you think the Michael Jordan of scootering is? The Michael Jordan of scootering, as in like best trick-wise or like the most accomplished scooter rider? I feel like it's subject- like sub- subjective because... Yes, they have to. I think they have to be a goat skill wise, but then also some people don't think Michael's the goat, but he is iconic. So I feel like it's this balance of like iconic and skill. Hmm. That's a good question. Shout out, Phil. Just got the heaters. Shout out. We love you, Phil. I don't know. I don't know who I would say is the Michael Jordan of scootering. I mean, damn. I was not prepared for that question. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. We have a lot of Matt McKeans. I've heard that one a lot. We got Ryan Williams. Um, Fucking, I feel like my answer would be Reese. Which Reese? Reese Dozma? I don't know. Dog Zebra. But that's because coming from like, I think I'm influenced by that's what I grew up on in the sense that that had the most influence on me. Whereas for you, I don't know, maybe it would like Casey Corning stand out. Pioneer. Pro- I mean, I'd probably say Cody Donovan was one. Mc- McKean, Cody, or Brandon Kilberry, probably. Oh, shout out PK. Yeah. Or maybe like Dylan Morrison. I don't know. Just because, I mean, Dylan Morrison is like a very well rounded rider. Like he can do pretty much anything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, McKean sort of put a lot of outside spotlight on scootering you know in like skateboarding and stuff like that and ryan williams sort of did the same thing from like the bmx standpoint yeah like he got a lot of he's he started like turning a lot of heads and like that would be like mj going to baseball but yeah, if he actually or whatever, yeah, if he, he actually, actually did well yeah yeah <laughs> sure he actually won a championship but uh yeah i don't know i don't know if i could pick just one that's fair that's fair yeah um well number two uh, and then if you have anything pop in your head you can blurt it out it's subjective for michael jordan so we'll let you sit on that one but number two is <laughs> for number two is worst trend worst trend 90s clothes get the fuck out of here with that shit <laughs> you don't like the big jorts nah dude i lived through that shit and i was happy when it disappeared man <laughs> where where, where clothes that fit you i feel you that's that's all fuck, I gotta say my about pants that. are huge bro He's guilty of that one. I remember I was like, I think the last time we went to Chicago, like all these kids were like, I I stayed at like uh, 
Busty Jesse's house, and like he had a mm-hmm. bunch of people staying there. And these kids who were like 16, 17, whatever, like, dude, I just found a pair of pants that are like 44 waist and they're <laughs> fucking huge, man. And like, they're just like ratcheting them clothes with a belt and they're all like bunched up and shit. And I'm just like, you guys look like fucking fools, man. Like, <laughs> just, I've never hit 40, bro. I was sticking that like 36 range, 36 to 38. Shit, this shit wasn't even that cool when i was a kid man you guys were like on it hard i'm just like no man that shit so that's 32 32 shout out yeah yeah i wear like a 30 30 man damn (laughs) but yes that's that's probably my uh that's my that's probably my pick for worst trends all right baggy clothes i feel a little hurt but it's okay just like 90s one 90s revival clothing like wearing like fucking spike bands and shit i get it wrist. since you lived through it you fucking grew up through the punk era and like when skateboarding was actually starting and now yeah, i mean i come back yeah i was a i was a i was a punk rocker dude like i i still have my fucking battle vests and like i had a mohawk <laughs> at one point and <laughs> I, I used to wear bondage <laughs> pants and all that shit man so like i lived through all that shit you know you got any mohawk clips on the scooter <laughs> Nah, I can't even find any photos of when I had a mohawk anymore. They died with MySpace. Oh, damn. damn. Sadly. I think Justin Timberlake tried to buy. You could hit him up. Get your relics back. <laughs> um, number three, though. Most underrated rider to look out for. Most underrated rider to look out for. Hmm, let's see. Do you watch Instagram a good bit? Or do you mainly yeah, just yeah. stick to you? Okay. No, I... I watch tons of stuff on Instagram. Uh, I really like Cuba from the Midwest. Uh, who else? Cuba's sick. Yeah, Cuba's fucking sick. And uh, there's this kid out here named Jonah. I think his Instagram is just like Jonah W or something like that. Who's yeah, yeah, killer. Jonah. Yeah, he's Dude, raw. He's- so good at scootering it's fucking yeah. crazy man. his style is so good too his threes he he has like i think him and busty i've like probably my favorite 360s oh yeah yeah maybe like they've, joe they've i like joe's like too joe very, boss uh, very like it's delayed almost yeah their their movements are very like fluid and mm-hmm. exaggerated yeah. out you know like with lots of style but yeah jonah's fucking sick man like every time i see him he just gets better and better also, Jay Lenghi, Jacob Lenghi is fucking Shout killer. Dude, yeah. I haven't Lenghi seen clips from him a lot recently. Dude, Lenghi is so it's good on at story a lot. Yeah, Bro, he like, actually just started him. following us too. Shout out. I did notice I, that. I really. ride with him like yeah. every couple of weeks and he just like consistently has blown my mind every every time for like a couple of years at this point. So Lenghi's fucking Hell killer. Yeah. Shout um, out Logan yeah. too. He's the boy. Logan Love? uh no 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 uh fucking he's on the north i'm sorry i'm forgetting his last name or jackson brower i'm sorry oh yeah brower they're fucking yeah no his name is logan i'm pretty sure half is it half yeah no no dude there's jackson something else then well jackson Bauer's another good one jackson uh i feel so sorry now you're talking about jaybird from washington no no, he's it'll, another Portland come local. Back. He gets his car broken into a lot. That's Jackson Brower. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking he was the one who rode the bulls. 
That's Jay Bulls. Burke, though. Yeah, that's Jackson Burke. Uh, yeah, that's Jackson Burke. Okay. Playing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a little baked. Oh, no worries. But yeah, uh, dude, Jay Burke. <laughs> dude, everybody in Portland is fucked. I feel like you I guys mean, have such a, a crazy scene, scene. For sure. We don't, dude. There's like nobody living here anymore. It sucks. It's like Who me. Left? Everybody left, dude. Like Damn. this used to be a hub. Like mm-hmm. Dan Barrett, Ryan Upchurch, Kirk, uh, Logan lived here. Like Logan Fuller. Mm-hmm. Um Jake Hershey lived here. Uh Cooper lived here. Fucking everybody's gone, dude. Lucas lived here. Lucas Ferringer. Um they, they're all gone, dude. It's like me, Jackson Brower, Keaton, Jay Lange, and like some just like younger dudes now, and like Casey, but Casey doesn't really ride as often anymore. And that's pretty much it, dude. Like Portland is bare bones right now. Nobody lives out here anymore. Damn. It our, sucks. Our boy Andy, uh, Andy Coke was thinking about moving out there and then he pulled the plug last second. Maybe he heard the the scene thing yeah. out or something. Yeah, he's been here a couple of times. I love Andy. He's a good dude. Um shout out Andy. Love him. Shout out. Do you have you ever shout been to Burnside? Yeah, I've rode Burnside a couple of times. I think twice on a scooter, twice on a skateboard. Man, how like is that. it what's it like on a scooter there? Do you get a lot of flack? I mean, I rode there once in the morning with Casey for like half an hour before people started showing up. So we left. Mm. And then we got when we were living in we used to call it the brick house, which mm. is like this was like 2016, 2017 when everybody was still living here. We got one good session there like late at night because they were doing construction on the apartments next door and they had lights that were on 24 seven. So we went there at like 1130 at night and rode till like three in the morning one night. And it was just, there was nobody there except us. It was a good sesh. Yeah. But I mean, the park, the park is kind of lumpy, which nobody ever really talks about. Oh, it looks janky as hell. Like it does look like it'd be hard. It's a little bit janky, but (laughs) I mean, it's, it's cool, man. Like you can go fast as fuck in there for sure. But I don't know. I'm trying to like, there's like a couple like skate park advocacy groups in Portland that are trying to get it to where like everybody is allowed to ride Burnside, you know? So mm-hmm. I've kind of been like talking with groups like that about like the experience of being a scooter rider in Portland and like how hard it is to deal with like skateboarders here and shit like that. Yeah, it's so core out there. I mean, yeah, it's like, especially the history bullshit, of Burnside dude. is. Like it's it's fucking insane, just the, like how they built all that with their bare hands, and then like the era they grew up in. So it's almost like, I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Like I feel like if I, I mean, was in I that pact, I might feel the same way. But it's kind of it bullshit, is bullshit though, it because is. like FDR in Philly is like four times the size of Burnside, and like you can ride a scooter at FDR, and nobody's ever gonna give you shit for it. Yeah. And like, what do they FDR, say? You chip the concrete or something? No, F- Not FDR even. is way more hardcore than fucking Burnside. And like, like we used to ride FDR all the time when we lived in Philly. And like, n- nobody would ever give a shit. And then like, you go to Burnside and everybody's got to fucking stick up their ass about it. It's like, you can't fucking ride here. Like, even if you have a skateboard there, like, if you're not that good, like, you're not going to get to drop in. Like, the dudes that ride fucking Burnside are assholes. Yeah, absolute fucking it's egotistical. They think of the shit. Um, they're they're just they're the coolest douchebags, dude. Yeah. They suck, man. 
Like, I don't know. Yeah, the mentality's got to be wild. Yeah. It's fucking whack, dude. Like, Burnside's not even that good of a park to, like, it just has the stupid cult following around it that, like, just fucking makes people that ride there on the regular total assholes. Yeah, I'll take your word for no it. I've just seen the videos on so my head. I probably fantasize about it, but I bet if I pushed it for like a solid hour, like, you know what? This transition is shit. Y'all can have it. Yeah, it's really He's not that great. You cracking know, your like, heads on this shit because you hit a crack. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see, we got number four. Number four, suggestion to further the sport. Stop fucking criticizing and arguing with each other on the internet, dude. Like, if you don't have anything good to say about something in scootering, don't fucking open your mouth, dude. The sport has suffered so hard over the past couple of years because everybody's just talking shit about each other and like just making fun of each other for the, like people's fucking clothes and like how you film a trick or like what camera you use and all this shit. Just shut the fuck up and let people ride and do what they want to do in scootering. Be positive if you want to be positive. If you have something, like, if you have a negative thought about something, don't fucking say it because you're just going to drive people away. Like, that's the reason why the industry is hurting so bad right now is because everybody's so divided and just so against one another and these stupid cliques. Like, it's fucking high school, dude. But it's like, just shut the fuck up and appreciate what you like and don't talk about the shit that you don't like. Just leave it for the people who do like it. And that's that's real that's all i gotta say about that real i feel like i fall victim to that i don't know in the sense of like for me i love scootering so much that it's like never with ill will but then i do feel like criticism here and there is it's fair but it should never be like you shitting on someone to the extent to where they quit you know what i mean yeah it's, but there's I mean, you have a place for your opinion i mean yeah, we, it's talking shit is fun anything, in the right context like, keep like it in the group th- chat not like if the you comment. think not even dude like if you think something isn't cool or whatever like you think it can be improved like give constructive criticism don't just talk shit on it you know it's like people have completely different experiences in life you know it's like just because something's not up to your standards doesn't mean that the next person even has the same standards or experiences as you to make those decisions to be able to present what they're doing in the same way it's like just be positive or shut the fuck up pretty much because yeah. you're you're not going to do anything but drive the sport down negative energy and negative comments like don't fucking help anything and you're just dividing people and it's just i mean it's why scootering is going back underground right now because like all these younger kids are seeing all these like top dudes talking shit and they're like, damn, these guys are kind of assholes. Like I don't really, ha- they don't have anyone to look up to because all yeah. these people are just being they're assholes shitting on, on the them. internet. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, are you really going to think a person's sick because, and like you could think somebody's fucking cool. And then like your video gets reposted somewhere and this person fucking comments on it and it's like, damn, this shit was whack. And then your whole fucking life is just crushed. Yeah. And it does hurt as a kid, especially looking up to people who've been scootering. Yeah. I mean, what I just said, especially goes for like the people who are in the spotlight, you know, it's like, if you're somebody that these kids are looking up to, don't fucking spread your negative opinions on the internet. 
keep that shit to your fucking self, dude. Like, it does not help anything, and it pushes people away, and it it doesn't give people something to look up to or to strive for to be better in scootering or even participate in scootering if you're just spreading all this negative shit and it becomes like a trend to like talk shit on certain things and it's like if you if you don't have anything good to say just don't fucking say it that's really all it comes down to yeah fair it's a good point i'll never understand people making instagram accounts strictly for talking shit if i see a video or whatever online and like it's not a great video, you know, like filming's bad, whatever, lots of repetitive stuff. Like I'll find the one thing in the video that I like and say something about that instead of being like, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. It's like, no, just like lift people up for one tiny, lifting somebody up for one tiny little detail as opposed to bringing them down for like 75% of everything else, like it's such a difference. Like you could watch yeah. a video and hate the whole thing, but you think one clip is cool and you say something about that one clip and it totally changes that person's day. Like, yeah, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't take any ex- extra energy to be nice. Like it takes more energy to be mean about shit than it does to be nice. So it's like, just don't fucking do that shit. Like don't talk shit about, people's clips don't talk shit about people's fucking clothes like it doesn't fucking matter dude like what about the what about the baggy pants it's just my (laughs) personal opinion like i'm not i'm not gonna hate a person or like consistently talk shit on the internet because they wear baggy pants it's like if that's what you want to do do it but i'm not gonna do it you know it's like i'll still think your clips are cool if you're a good scoot rider and you wear fucking parachute pants like it doesn't (laughs) I'll still tell you that you're I'll still tell you that your fucking full whip in a line was sick, but I'm not gonna sit there on the internet and be like, dude, your clothes are fucking whack. Like you know? Yeah. I couldn't watch this because of your fucking pants. Yeah, like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm gonna unfollow you because your clothes yeah. are stupid. Like, no, yeah. dude, that's fucking that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> like I used to wear crazy I know what it's like to wear like ridiculous clothes that are supposed to offend people you know like i come from punk rock like all my friends had tattoos and crazy piercings and like pink plaid pants and spikes all over their shit so it's like i get it you know like some people like i don't know it's your choice to wear whatever the fuck you want to wear but like i'm not gonna sit there and talk shit about it and like nitpick that over something that like could give you like a boost to your day you know it's just like i'd rather be positive than negative about most fucking things you know unless it comes down to like racism or like xenophobic shit like i'll fucking talk shit on you all day if you're a fucking racist or an asshole Yeah. yeah but like i'm not gonna sit there and be a fucking bully on the internet about like how you film your tricks or like what you're wearing or like your laces aren't tied right or whatever yeah. None none of that shit fucking matters at the end of the day at all. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Doesn't affect you. Well, fuck. Mic drop. And then yeah. on to number six. <laughs> What's your favorite video? Dream Team Supreme, Matt McKean, forever. Hell yeah. Forever, ever. And, and, uh, Friendly Crew, Hat Gang, and Canberra. Those are my two favorite scooter videos. Did you watch the recent Friendly video? 
on Graham spotting. I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a bunch of newer dudes. Mm-hmm. And then some no. some Aaron Bransden clips thrown in there. Um, dude, I honestly don't know him by name. Can't recall. Aaron Bransden, Scoot Lens no. on Instagram. Scoot Lens, no, no. I recognize what, Spoons, dude? the dude who, who does all the X up like Smith combos, and he also bikes. It's like uh, Aaron Bransden's yeah. fucking OG Australian guy. Or like him. he was, he was an admin on Scooter Resource. That's how. <laughs> that's like oh, oh that's yeah. OG. Yeah, status, that's OG. Dude. OG. Damn. Yeah. That's an triple. admin. That's triple lodge <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Fuck. Somebody needs to make a history uh, scootering page. Somebody needs to make a website with just archives filled with how things Dude, built I, up. I've been, I would love I've been, that. I've had like three hour conversations with numerous people about this. About like uh, the first, the entire first half of scootering's history is fucking gone from the internet because scooter resource isn't up anymore. Damn, I wonder if you could get the code. It's got to be in the cloud somewhere. I mean, Andrew has it somehow, some way, like logged yeah, in gotta. archives, I think. But like, scootering is the the first action sport that was primarily formed via the internet. Every other action sport, rollerblading, BMX, skateboarding, all had physical media in the beginning magazines vhs tapes dvds photos all that shit it's all physically documented but the entire first half the first fucking 10 years of scootering existed solely on the internet and it's gone it's fucking gone dude like that's why there's there's such a disconnect between like my generation and the kids that are just coming up today like they don't they can't access that stuff yeah they can't it's see the impossible history impossible to see that the only the only salvageable still existing archive of old stuff on the internet is inside scooters blogspot that's yeah, it shout and out. that doesn't that doesn't even go back that far it goes back like 20, 2007 yeah. 2006 maybe 2007 2008 is probably more right and I, I I think I had the first interview on there. And it's like that's Sick. that's still only like the second if you split scootering into three parts, that's still only the second part of it. The whole first part existed solely on the scooter resource and YouTube. And it's like it, it's all the scooter resource stuff is gone. Like years and years and years of conversations and like talking about like designing parts and like what works and what doesn't and the whole formative collective conversation of what a scooter should be existed on scooter resource like everything that scootering is now came from conversations that happened on scooter resource and it's all fucking gone dude like andrew please that's that's why Austin there's such text. a disconnect between my generation and like the newer kids. They can't access any of that information at yeah. all. Yeah, it's no, crazy. I, I'm fucking. I'm 22, so like I definitely disconnected from most of that shit. It's not what I yeah, grew up see, on. I wasn't on Scooter Resource. I don't. Yeah, I don't have these yeah. answers, and I'd like to have them. I mean, it's like, dude, I had like over 10,000 posts on Scooter Resource, like. I spent so much time on that website 
Like, if you got over 10,000 posts on Scooter Resource, you were, like, you were, you were, <laughs> you were a staple in the community. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, there were only a few people. Like, Aaron Branston definitely was up there. Kenny Owens, you probably don't know who Kenny Owens is. No. Uh, Parrish was on Scooter Resource when he was, like, 12. Uh, <laughs> so many people. Brandon Kilberry, fucking Alex Stedman, Brian Boston. Casey Murphy, all these OG people that nobody even really fucking knows anymore were like huge parts of the community back then. And it's like, you, yeah. none of these kids are ever going to know that. Like all these kids that learn how to do a bride flip don't even know why it's called Brian a bride Boston. flip. Yeah. You ask a kid now, it's like, oh, do you know who invented the bride flip? And they're just like, no, I don't know. And it's like, dude, his fucking name is in the name of the trick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I know I can like understand where all your passion's coming from too, because it was so niche when you started and y'all had to build, you had to build a community from scratch. Exactly. It was like, you get all tight with all these people and then, yeah, now people just get into it and they don't, it's not like that. They don't have to work to like keep this thing together. It's like the pyramids will never know. But the only thing different is Scooter Resource is not standing anymore. Yeah, like there's no way to have like a stake or a real input in the community anymore, other than like y'all got to start doing history lessons. Like all the OGs start doing like Zoom calls of like history lessons or something. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think it's good that you guys are doing like long format interviews because it's like you have the chance to really reconnect the younger generation with the older dudes who have all this knowledge that's just stuck you know in their brain and like like i could tell you so much about scootering just because i've had it i saw everything yeah Yeah. but that's that's the Uh. only way to access that information now is talking to the dudes from like my generation Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, if if we don't if we don't have a voice you know if we don't have a way to like Cause like I've done like magazine interviews and shit where they ask the same fucking questions over and over. It's like, how did you start scootering? Who are your favorite scooter riders? What are your favorite tricks? Where do you like to ride? And it's like, no dude, like these are not the questions that should be being asked. Like there's so much more that you can convey in like a long format conversation. And I think it's important to do that, especially at this point. We're trying to get down to the nitty gritty for sure. Yeah. Like any scooter OGs. We would yeah. love to hear it. Come fucking yeah, school our asses, sure. please. Yeah, yeah. You, you should <laughs> sure. definitely try to get some more like older dudes on here that are like passionate enough to talk about their time in the early days of scootering because you can, you can portray a lot of information that's been lost to the internet to like these younger dudes who follow you guys and so. What was yeah. the first ever scooter resource meetup you went to? Uh, we used to take the train to new jersey a lot and ride with like the dudes that rode at the incline club i don't know if you guys know about the incline oh club. yeah 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 but uh yeah like we used to just, know that yeah so we used to just like take i used to take the train from long island into new york city which took about 40 minutes and then we would meet up with like all the dudes that lived in the city like john and elmer and sanchez and brian murphy and then we go to Penn Station in Manhattan and take the train to New Jersey, which usually took at least an hour, and then push from the train station in New Jersey to whatever New Jersey skate park we were going to meet up with these people at and just ride all fucking day until it got dark and then take the train back home. 
And we used to ride with like Steve on Wilson and like Ryan Bello and uh, Vince. I forget what Vince's last name was. And like Brian Boston and fucking Kyle Tolentino and like all these old school Jersey heads. So we used to just do that on the regular. And uh, I don't know. I think we I started doing that probably in like 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. It was probably when I started like going out of state to meet up with people and ride scooters. Yeah, man. We need so that cool. sense of community back. I mean, I feel like we do have it, but that's just that Street maybe you can never. Stuff. Yeah, maybe you can never actually get back to that point, though. No way. I mean, like, yeah, it's that it was so niche and just different. I don't know. It was so small. You can't replicate that. Like skateboarding will never be able to go back to something like that. And it's even it's even more apparent for skateboarding. Scooter Resource used to have like different sections on it where you could talk to people from like your area. So there was like an Arizona chat. There was a California chat. There was an East Coast chat and like a midwest chat so like you could just talk to the people in your area that were posting in these specific area related chats on sr and like make plans to meet up and ride and stuff and it was so good and now it's like you can only talk to the people who are available through the fucking algorithm that you're fed on instagram yeah or like the people that live in your town like it's not as it's way harder to like branch out and meet new people in person using instagram as opposed to like how it was on scooter resource i feel like for me i was never on scooter resource but even just for inside back in the day versus instagram now like every video that was uploaded you could see and that was basically like every video in scootering that had been coming out and you could have access to that and see like all of scootering. And now in Instagram, as you were saying, it's just like whoever the algorithm feeds to you. So there's going to be like a whole other half that you'll never probably see or hear of or. Yeah, you know, exactly. man, nobody sees my fucking clips, dude. <laughs> dude I, see I posted a clip like, I don't know, last week or like a week and a half ago. And it's the first time one of my clips got like over a thousand likes in like a couple years. Yeah. And it's like, it's got crazy. Fed in. It's got just fed like, in. I don't Instagram know. gave you a little kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram <laughs> fucking sucks now, but it's like it does necessary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sweet how like it pushes the progression, but it's such a short format that bro it's like people's attention spans have just been fucked so nobody remembers clips they watch on instagram half the time but i remember oh, yeah. all the I good mean, videos instagram has i've like seen completely yeah. ruined working for a video part yeah literally it's like what's the point of even owning a real fucking camera anymore and putting in like two years of work to make a video when somebody people are gonna watch it for a week and then it's just gonna disappear into the fucking ether yeah. Yeah, unless it's really fucking good, but yeah, it's hard unless to make it's like a, a scooter video with that video. kind of impact. Yeah, that's the way I feel like scootering would actually get an energy drink sponsor and shit like that too. Is like if Jordan Clark or a bunch of these park fools were releasing longer format like YouTube videos to showcase their riding versus yeah. like their Instagram profile link, like in an email or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Dedication. 
it's like hard effort. to say like what is what the future holds for scootering right now just because like social media has just distorted everybody's expectations and perceptions of like reality and yeah like it's so hard to even like exist as like a professional just because like it's all about just like clickbait shit you know it's like you're not even really it doesn't even really matter what the fuck tricks you're doing as long as you present it in a way that just grabs people's attention for like 15 fucking seconds then I put the slams at the beginning of all my Insta clips for the most part. It's like if I slam during a session, first clip, it's going to be on the cover of the video. I don't know. I'm like, I know people like watching somebody eat shit more than they do tail whips. So that's how I try to hook it. And it's like, look, I I fucking do this shit. It's everybody plays this game. Maybe not everybody, but people from this generation. It's that that immediate feedback. So it's fucking rough, man. Yeah, you still I film. Know. We still film. We still film. We do. We do sometimes. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, commission. I, I think it's important to make videos, you know, but it's just like it's only it's it's important for like yourself, and it's important for the people who like actually give a fuck about what you're doing. Yeah. But like to the general population of like any given action sport, like nobody's paying attention to that shit anymore unless you're presenting it like trend kill you know where it's like they have like a dedicated blog page with like really good social media that sort of mimics like how thrasher would do it you know they have like i don't like that a honestly. week of like promotion and stuff before they put a video out and it like really hooks people in to go and watch the video yeah i know a lot of criticism for trend kill honestly I mean, they post good scooter videos. He's saying no in the like, sense of no doubt, it's a great platform, but where we get frustrated is I hate seeing clips from good videos before I watch the video. And it's I, the same I don't way like that spoilers. Thrasher has been doing it for years. Like we don't need to copy like it. A fucking <laughs> the thumbnail format. of the ender. That's so lame for the video. Me, and it's like, you just ruined the video for me. Exactly. But, I think what, companies need to do or a new standard for trend kill what they could introduce is like you need a promo for the video and then two two days a day three days whatever later then you can start posting like clips from the video but i see how it's like everybody has the short attention span so they want to hook you with like three of some of the best clips from the video but i feel like especially with trend kill I'm going to see the promotion from the week before I'm going to be on YouTube and I'm going to like know and watch that video already. So just to like hop on Instagram to post or like check something and it always be at the top. I just hate that. Cause then it I get sucked into like watching the slides too. Like, Sometimes you just Ole the is the worst with that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. This is oh, true. Yeah. Like, clickbait yeah. the hardest. Jared, post- like y'all both got to learn, but Jared has learned the algorithm though. At the same time, like that dude holds views. So it's a, fa- it's like, it's, it's a double edged sword. But it's like, exactly. Exactly. I just hate how like a video will drop and they'll just 
screen grab like half the video and put it in slides like 20 minutes after the video's yeah. out and it's just like exactly five minutes after the video's out dude yeah it's crazy it's, it's honestly crazy you could forget that like a video's coming out and then you just see olay posting like half the fucking video and you're like dude i I was looking watch forward it. to watching this. Even if it's just, just three it. clips, even if it's just three exactly. clips, but it's Thank the you. best fucking clips in the video, it sets my expectations too high. Yeah. It's like if you pull the best clips in the video while I'm watching this whole thing and it doesn't live up to like those are the best, I think like less of it. I don't know. I was expecting exactly. more yeah. and my expectations get bucket. They, ne- yeah. they never get met when it's like that. You get yeah. the view, but you get like that mentality that you get packs and i feel you yeah. like it'll get people to watch it because it'll be like this is so fucked but i feel like the core will always just watch a video especially on trend kill so that's my only const- like constructive criticism is like let's get some better promos like let's wait a little bit to like start leaking clips is literally what it is honestly in my well, opinion it all goes back to like the social media effect where like back in the day like people would film clips make like b-roll and make a promo and have like photos and shit like yeah. that to promote it before they drop the video but now it's like people just make the video Screen and grabs. like rush to get it together and put it out and don't have anything to hype it up you know yeah i don't yep. know it used to take years to film videos so like people would take that extra month to like really get the hype for the release date and shit and now it's like exactly what you're saying people will go to a street jam on saturday the next day the street jam video is out and i'm like yeah. how are y'all doing that like that's that's just too much like go home rest for a sec <laughs> like edit that shit up like we'll tell your family you love them before you start yeah, editing this like, fucking footage it's that instagram <laughs> shit where they just need to get it out so they can get those new followers and that like and that instant gratification from like their work and shit it's Dude. yeah chill uh dude, yeah, I, I well I, I one shout out those i feel like street jam videos typically take a very long time to get put out and tom statman did do the chicago jam last year the night the jam was over which i liked because i wasn't seeing i mean fuck i was at chicago so i saw most of the chicks go down but from the perspective of like watching a bunch of jam clips and then watching a jam video that kind of sucks when you know it's coming but like bro yeah Putting in overnight hours after an entire street jam. Homie left the jam and edited for like probably six, seven hours and dropped it in the morning. That's fucking amazing. That's dedication right (laughs) there. I I respect it. I respect it. That's a man of the people. Well, shit. Number seven, hop back in the fills, (laughs) um, is if you were to go on a trip, uh, who would you bring and where would you go? You can bring three people. Ooh, okay. Trace amigos. Three people. Logan Fuller, definitely. Uh, uh can he bring the dog? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um Keaton. Dog treats. Logan, Keaton, and Cooper. Hell yeah. Solid That'd be such a sick video. Yeah. Where are you going? And then Australia. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. I've always wanted to go there. Or maybe Japan. Australia or Japan. Oh, Japan. a video in Japan would be so fucking cool. Dude, that city looks beautiful. I have to go there at some point. 
I don't know. It looks like New York on steroids. It's like if yeah. they have Tokyo. Any... Yeah, yeah, Tokyo is crazy. Yeah, I you wonder can't if they ride during the day though, because there's so yeah. many people. Like you can only ride at night. Really? I feel like that makes it look yeah. Even cooler, dude, though, so many fucking lights. people live in Tokyo. <laughs> no street sash. Yeah, I mean, seeing yeah. just an aerial view of that city, it's like no chance. Yeah, no chance really? of pushing through this, pushing through the streets. Yes, it's a. I gotta it's look at fucking that. Insane. I'm... That's crazy. Makes I didn't no even sense. know that. Oh. Push down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- those are my three, and those are my locations for sure. All right. So cool. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, number eight is favorite person to party with. Favorite person to party with? Hmm. <laughs> Probably Andrew. Hell yeah. Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, you can't have a fucking handlebar mustache and not get rowdy as shit. Down. I don't know. Does he? I mean, does he get drunk and talk about kazoo's and machining? Nah, the thing about Andrew is like, he's pretty like, uh, like he's very. He seems very like a straightforward guy, but like, if you go anywhere with Andrew, he's like a hundred percent down to get into trouble and just say yes to anything. <laughs> Bro, and like has every the most, time I've ever gone anywhere with Andrew, it's been like a fucking crazy experience. But uh, did y'all get into anything? And in, uh, coalition? It coalition was a little bit different, but like okay. I mean, I've known Andrew for a real long time, and we've been on some crazy trips. So I would oh, say yeah. Andrew for sure. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. What's your What's your favorite moment in scootering? My fa- like personal moment, or yeah. just in scootering as a whole? Uh, you could do both. You could do dub- start with personal though. Uh, the Paris street tram trip in 2013, probably. Damn. Hell yeah. For a personal moment, just because that trip was insane. Was that your first time and, going out of the country to ride? Um, yeah, that was my first trip to Europe. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was crazy. We were there for like 10 days and, uh, or I was there for like 10 days with just like so many friends, dude, from like all over the world. And it was just total anarchy. Like <laughs> it was there, I was there for 10 days and I paid for the train once and took the train every single day. <laughs> uh, we got so shit faced like every single day and like <laughs> would just push all over Paris and like not even really know where the fuck we were going. There was one night where like we closed out this bar and just kept drinking at this park across the street and like some random ass Frenchies just like walked up to the park and was like, oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, yeah, we were drinking at this bar, but like they closed and we just bought some beer and we were just drinking here. And then they're like, oh, we got a bunch of fucking booze at our house. We'll bring it. And we were just like, all right, (laughs) fuck yeah. And so we just stayed in this park drinking and like sketching cars and like nose blunt dropping off of everything in sight till like <laughs> five in the morning and the cops showed up and we were like smashing bottles and just like scaring pedestrians and all just so much crazy <laughs> shit dude and the cops showed up and we we're like oh we're fucked dude we're so fucked and they were like you guys gotta get the fuck out of here now or you're all going to jail and we were just like you're going to let us leave? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, get out of here. And we just 
Yep. Scrammed <laughs> ASAP, dude. And Scrammed. It was it was just a whole trip of shit like that, and it was it was insane. Oh, that sounds awesome. My favorite moment in scootering as a whole would probably be I don't know. I can't think about that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna yeah. stick with the Paris twenty thirteen trip. All right. Pairing it up until six in the morning. Dude, I think my favorite thing I've heard, uh one of my friends Ryan, he says it all the time. He he like ran valley for a little bit i'm sure like valley exclusive logan was on oh, it. oh yeah terps. yeah shout out terps but he would always say um a lot of scootering is about not scootering he was like the most important thing about scootering is the times that you aren't riding that's a and tyler your... wheeling quote that he stole <laughs> there you go now i have my my source <laughs> but it's so true it's like moments like that where it's like you came somewhere for riding but i don't know it's just these yeah. random fucking moments that get placed in your life because of it. It's like, y'all aren't really, you're not riding, but it's from scootering. Yeah. hundred percent. I believe the, uh, the actual quote is sometimes scootering involves not scootering. Yeah. I've heard that, that is the actual quote. Sure. Yeah. 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 Now I know Tyler <laughs> Wheeland shout out. That's a money quote. Shout out. Duct tape, dick fuck. Um, all right, who influenced you as a rider? <laughs> this is number 10. <laughs> I feel like it's a tough one for you. <laughs> is this like a how many how many people do I get to pick? As many as Shit. you want. Yeah. You could pick Pop rollerbladers, bikers, all skateboarders. All right, I'm I'm gonna pick five. Hell yeah. Um Andrew Reynolds, Jim Greco. Let's pick somebody from BMX. Mike Aiken. Hell yeah. Um, who else? I don't really have too many rollerblade influences. That's okay. Neither. We'll never be able to hit their rails. So, I mean, I don't know, man. People are getting pretty close. We're getting close. We are getting close. We're actually, some dumb fifties. Yeah, I don't know. Do you see Tino's video? Reynolds, Greco, Mike Aiken, Matt McKean, Josh Toy, Casey Corning, Ricky Wernicke. Fuck yeah. Martin right. Kimball. Hell another yeah. Scooter okay. influence. Hell yeah. That's that's probably my list. Hell yeah. Solid. Oh shit. What I was about to say though is uh roller baiting rails on scooters. I don't know if you saw Timo's recent part for AO. Oh yeah, yeah it was like, fucking crazy. Two seventy lip was crazy. His ender was pretty dope too. I wish there was like a second angle. That's exactly to get what the I roll thought. Away, but... I was like, man, I can't see him go anywhere. Um, you could see the whip out. You could yeah, see it. You could see it because it was such a, a good rail. Roll away. Exactly, such a good rail. Fuck. Reminds that. Have you seen? Have you seen that rollerblade clip of the dude hitting the uh, the stair set rail that wraps around yeah. the corner? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, rollerblading has always just been like next level with rail riding yeah yeah it's like snowboarding it's, yeah it's dude snowboarding has gotten fucking insane in the past like five years yeah yeah it's oh yeah fucking insane yeah. like just the caliber of spots that these dudes are hitting dude they can hit can anything it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like if you could you build a it. kicker on any spot that opens a lot of doors <laughs> Even just like like, dude, I've seen clips of people just gapping like thirty stairs into a rail. 
yeah that's another th- fucking 30 stairs yeah and it's like strapped in fuck yeah. dude doing two sev lips into it and shit yeah and yeah. It's like two two sev in two sev out the other way it's like fucking insane dude yeah yeah i think if i grew up around snow i would have scootered a lot less like that i fucking i can't me. I can't snowboard. I don't like being strapped in. That shit is just like too much for me. <laughs> Makes you commit. It breeds a beast though, yeah. Like Yeah, you're just, Brian you're gonna Brian land it. Murphy Brian Murphy was always a snowboarder and he would always do like the craziest shit when we were kids. <laughs> exactly. It's a different mentality. Like, yeah. Send it. Yeah, he was just fucking just just rip it into everything like box jumps and shit just that snowboard shit oh yeah his feet can't move you can't take them off (laughs) bro i love all limbs on scooter that philosophy it's like no matter where you're at just if you can land with everything on it it typically works better it typically like i get less hurt landing sideways than if i was like to bail because i'm a little off (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll always dehub a wheel over fucking rolling my ankle or some shit. Yeah, true, very true. Um, Fuck the scooter, dude. Great answers on Phil's. Glad we got through that. Yeah. Honestly, it is nine questions. I think I did. There's one really bad question that we yeah. never ask. That's yeah. in the ten. Let me uh, get it. Fuck nine. it. You can have it. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> toss it to you. Mike will love it. Mike will love it. <laughs> Um, so when you're just standing there, <laughs> do you throw bar spins? Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, yeah. it's, I think everybody does. Exactly. That's how yeah. you learn how to bar spin. Yeah. Literally. You just stand there and you just throw that, you put it over a quarter pipe and just throw that shit. I don't know. I would put I it mean, on coping. I don't, I don't do that. Like I'll do that. Like if I'm going to drop in, I'll just like throw yeah. one and drop in, you know, but like I won't stand there and just do like 40 bar spins, you know? <laughs> I mean, shit, when I was 14, I was definitely sitting on coping, just triple bar, double bar, quad bar. <laughs> yeah, with their bars. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way yeah, to ride but, a spine. I, don't know. I mean, if you do it like in the middle of a lip slide, then hell yeah. Yeah, that's but sick, if you're just yeah. If you're just sitting Mid-spine. there like... This is before I unlocked lip slides. <laughs> and then somebody some skateboarder i think hit me while i was posted up on the coping i was like oh, okay never again <laughs> i think uh if you ever ask anybody that question and they say no they're fucking lying to you they're exactly fed. that's why we yeah, typically they're... throw it away is we're like we know the answer to this yeah yeah that's just it's like a subconscious tick for scooter riders it's just <laughs> like throw a barsman <laughs> yeah every scooter rider has a little little tourette in them <laughs> they all have this that one tick. Above. It's just like it's like the thing with like Andrew Reynolds, where like every time he's about to roll up, roll into something, he'll just like tap his board on the ground three times. You know, it's just it's like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a subconscious thing that you just do, and it just makes sense. That's a whenever you're trying a trick that you're really scared of. It's like I wonder how many bar spins you do, like more. How many bar spins do you do before you actually try this thing? I feel I like do the like number goes one, up. I do one. I usually do one before I roll up at anything. Like if I'm filming, I'll just like throw a bar spin and be like, okay, now I'm ready. Yeah. If I'm yeah. really fucking scared, though, it's at least five or six in between every <laughs> attempt. I'm like, oh, shit. It's usually just one for me. But I think I kind of do it as like a, a nod to like the filmer to, that I'm like going to go. 
you know, just like, yeah. just like mentally preparing myself and then just like look at the filmer and like throw a bar and then go, you know. I always okay. just finick with yeah. my hat or something. Yeah, you do play with the hat a lot. I know. I remember on your ender, it was just a lot of this. <laughs> Take it off, put it back on. Yeah, I mean, I do that shit too. But the bar spin is... It's the yeah. staple, yeah. It's just, I feel like it's a very scooter exclusive thing. Yeah, there's no bikers Maybe, doing that. It's just, it's too much. The bars are too big to do that, you know? Yeah. Sitting there doing whips. Yeah. It's so funny to see like BMXers. <laughs> Dude, yeah, BMXers yeah. doing motions. Like, <laughs> nonchalantly <laughs> doing motions. <laughs> Fucking bri flipping a bike yeah. standing on the ground. <laughs> they act like he's going to flare. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to see a whip front bike. I wonder if that's ever been done. Whip front bike flip? Yeah, He's whip so front bike flip, bro. Oh my god, Ryan! Give it a couple of years. We know you're listening. <laughs> we hope you're listening. <laughs> Probably not. Whip front bike. No, definitely most likely, not. absolutely isn't oh, watching. It's so funny. <laughs> that's the irony in it. <laughs> I beat him at in flat scoot once, like a real, real, real long time ago. No really? way. Yeah, probably yeah. like um, two thousand. Yeah, man, say that with your chest. That's fucking. Yeah, you can hold. You could. Not a lot of people get to say that. It was probably like two thousand eight or nine, maybe. Like it was like one of the first like mad gear trips to the U.S. Like when Cody was still on and shit, and like Adam Bolton and like all those dudes came. I think it was probably like an SD comp trip, and uh, yeah, I played Scoot with like. A bunch of people flat at this place called real ride compound mm, okay if you guys know that place uh, it was like this wooden outdoor park that was like covered in california yeah. and uh yeah we just played like a big game of flat scoot and like i mean he was pretty young at the time and like so was doesn't Adam matter bolton and shit Still beat so him. yeah I, I but i lost Dubbed beat, his ass. i beat i beat him so was this one on one game or there was other people no, getting no, letters it was on like, them? It was a team yeah. effort. It was yeah, it was yeah. probably like four <laughs> or five people playing. Gang yeah. up on him. But it yeah. wasn't like us versus him. Like he wasn't he wasn't like who he is now then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like everybody was like yeah. way younger and still riding just like super tiny scooters. And like this is like when the Mad Gear one piece deck was like four point eight inches wide. You know, it was like that era. Yeah. So it was like, it was like way older. It wasn't like recent, you know. Hank Thompson yeah. foot jams. I still remember that shit. I fucking beat him in flat scoot. I remember it too. But <laughs> uh, I feel like even nowadays though, is does Ryan really, he's not a flat rider. I feel like no, I mean, his I don't... flat game isn't probably that good. There's probably yeah, a 14 year old that could whoop his ass at this point. Like that's got a triple heel or some shit. He was probably like thirteen or fourteen at, at that point. So I mean, thirteen, fourteen year old ramp rider playing flat scoot against a New York City street rider. You know, it's not really gonna go very yeah, well. Yeah, your you're way. doing switch whips. Yeah, and like three whips flat and shit like that. When I could still do that. Oh fuck yeah! I'd take that to the grave. Oh, it I doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what age he is. Put it on the tombstone. <laughs> 
Here lies a man who beat Brian Williams in a flat <laughs> His name? Never mind that. Just no. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's so sick. I want to ask about the Philly Files as my last thing as well. If you like have any stuff or stories you want to talk about or just like the process of that. Oh, dude, well. that was like, that was a crazy fucking year, man, when we lived there. I mean, there were... Yeah, I mean, it's just a year. Yeah, we were we were there for a year. We were only in Philly for a year when we put that video together. I mean, we we never really like had a real like vision for what it was going to be cuz this was at a time where like filming was just like the norm. Like you would just yeah. go out with a camera and you would push and whatever you could film, you would film. And uh so, yeah, I mean, we just spent that whole year just pushing around Philadelphia and filming and like so much crazy shit happened. Like Logan almost got robbed at knife point multiple times. Like <laughs> we seen we were driving one time through like the shitty part of Philly and like we seen some dude get fucking shot in the head. Oh my basically God. like like we heard it and then like everybody was just running down the block and just stuck our head out the window like yo what the fuck happened and then, yo man's got shot in the fucking head yo get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here and shit like that like we've seen dudes like shoot up heroin on church steps in kensington and shit like that midday like three o'clock in the afternoon we almost got yeah. fucking beat up by this one dude for riding in this park because we were like session this basketball court and there are like these benches that are like that plastic wood shit and we're like trying to film a clip there and this dude just comes in like get the fuck out of here this ain't your fucking neighborhood bro what the fuck are you doing here you fucking up our benches and shit and like just damn. so much crazy shit man like damn that's good this, roll. yeah we, we didn't film it dude we were just like all right dude we're gonna get the fuck out of here chill out like we're leaving we're leaving you know like this one there's this area in north philly called the badlands and uh this one time me and logan just like left the house and just pushed there because like mckean was like pissed off about something so we're like all right let's get the fuck out of here dude and we just we just pushed north just pushed like all the way as far north as we could just to see what was up there because we hadn't really explored there yet so we get into like the Badlands, which is what this area was known as. And like, this is midday, like three o'clock in the afternoon. And, like people are like, we're just pushing through the streets, you know, nice sunny day, middle of the week, whatever. People are like yelling at us like, y'all shouldn't fucking be here. Y'all better get out of here. You better be careful around here and shit like that. So Philly was just crazy, man. Damn. Just so crazy. <laughs> It was just, it was, it was awesome though. Cause like, I mean, it's exciting. Philly, yeah, like Philly was sick. Cause like, I had a lot of friends that lived in Philly, like in the music scene and shit. So like, when I wasn't scootering, like, I was just going to shows all the fucking time and like painting graffiti and shit. And uh, so Philly was, yeah, Philly was sick, dude. And like, we were working for dissidents at the time, but it was like the most fucking haphazard job ever like <laughs> these dudes like never paid ups or anything for like their shipping invoices and like we just had this big empty warehouse with like 
some some pallets of ethics stuff and like some ghetto DIY ramps and shit. <laughs> and that was like our job, you know, and it was like, do we, it was just ridiculous that that even happened. And we Did managed get paid? to, even yeah, though they were having all these like distribution. We, me and Logan split like 600 bucks a month or something like that. And McKean got his own paycheck. So we were just, but our rent was like stupid cheap because we were just living in North Philly and it was just like, we had uh, Logan's homie Caleb living with us too. So I think our whole house was like $1,400 a month. So split between four people, it was like 300 bucks a month or something like that. Which, God, man, I wish I, could, I, I wish I could still pay that little fucking money. I was about to rent. say, when you, said, so when you said 600 split between the two of y'all, I was like, how the fuck are you? Dude, we, we li- how I the fuck are you living? I literally lived on pizza and bagels with cream cheese that whole year. And like <laughs> occasionally we'd get like a cheesesteak. And like there was this one dude who he was like this Albanian immigrant who ran a pizza shop in our neighborhood. And like we would he would just call us and be like, I have a delivery will you deliver it? And like, we didn't actually work for him, but he would just call us and then we would get the tips from the pizza deliveries. His name was Yahtzee and he worked <laughs> at this place called Momentos Pizza. So we, he would call like any one of us that were living in that house and be like, I got a delivery. Like, can you do it? And we'd be like, nah, man, I'm not fucking doing it. And then he would call the next person and be like, I got a delivery. Can you do it? And be like or like are you home um, right now are you home right now and be like yeah why like i have a delivery come bring it you keep the tips i'll give you free pizza so we would just live off dude. free pizza from that guy and like no tips doubt. and it was dude it was fucking that that's whole year was awesome. insane that's a good way to insane. avoid the irs is just get a bunch of broke scooter riders to deliver pizza for you like i don't gotta yeah. pay these guys just whatever money they get they keep give them and free, free food and free pizza dude yeah. it was like it was a wrap like philly uh, was sick it was sick dude. Come up. oh that sounds that's like awesome great yeah. time yeah it was wild man and like two times i think like uh like jd and balthazar and poppy roots boy and like a bunch of people came out to ride and like Johan Grunwald and uh, who else came to the house? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Hugo Svar. Ooh. Um, yeah, like like they distance just like flew these dudes out to like make videos and stuff, and Poppy would film. And like one time, I don't even remember how, but like we got a fucking limo. I just bought like a huge handle of like Jack Daniels and just like drove around Philly in a limo getting drunk on Jack Daniels and getting out and riding spots like <laughs> in a fucking limo, dude. It was fucking it was ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how that oh, year was real looking back on it. How the fuck did y'all afford a limo? He didn't. So I don't even know who <laughs> bought it. Money it was like up. dissidents or like... And then buying yeah, the bottle dude, of Jack as the cherry on I top. I like... <laughs> honestly couldn't tell you how that year actually happened. Like, oh my god, yeah, it sounds like y'all just doing whatever the fuck worked. You didn't have any plan, dude. no money. Yeah, it's it like was... all right, whatever sticks. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like a fairy tale. <laughs> it sounds That's like so one. Sick. 
pipe fever dream <laughs> yeah fairy tale with crackheads and shootings around your neighborhood yeah pretty much like it's, fairy it's like tale. a hood adult fairy swim tale. fairy tale less but a hood fairy <laughs> yeah what a pleasure talking to you man yeah. i can love yeah, picking truly. the brain of someone who like actually grew up doing this shit you have so much perspective it's awesome thanks man thanks for having me on it was uh it was nice chatting about the old days <laughs> hell yeah i'm glad dude it was definitely cool to hear about it and gain some knowledge and we'll be able to go listen to some new ska some african music <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> some, watch some og edits yeah hell yeah yeah dude. man <laughs> yeah. um episode but... 23 if you made it this far, 26, something. 10-4. <laughs> yes. Episode <laughs> something. <laughs> It'll go to.